The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Joe Brawley is with me now, though the barrister and the co-host of the Free State podcast with Dion Fanning. Uh, Joe, it is good to see you. Um, since you and I last spoke, um, I know you've borne witness to some really awful. Uh, scenes. You were there on Thursday morning um, on Parnell Square in Dublin when uh, this attack happened outside the school when those poor students were injured along with one of the carers um, uh, who had them in their ward and you know without getting into the detail of exactly what you saw because I'm, I'm sure it was horrific and would leave anyone shook. You would have also seen the the response to it to that attack, the aftermath, the the intervention of 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 Kyo, this um, delivery driver, has become such a hero for so many. Maybe talk to me a little bit about about that. Well, I'll be careful what I say, but it was obviously very very distressed. Yeah, because you know this uh, very small child, you know, on the steps, totally lifeless, and um, I didn't realise he was a nurse at the time, but he was so quickly given mouth to mouth and determinedly trying to keep this child alive and you know the paramedics arrived and the child was lifeless the fire brigade arrived with um, the defibrillator carried her inside and you know you had these 10-12 people frantically trying to keep this small person alive and then you know the ambulances were there she was taken off to hospital, you know, and it was an illustration of how humane our system is and how precious human life is. And one of the most extraordinary things was that um, whenever the gentleman who had attacked the children and the classroom assistant, who was badly slashed herself, he was intercepted. And whenever he'd been sort of incapacitated, Three women took it upon themselves to protect him and probably save his life because there was great anger at that stage. People were seeing the child. You know, there's huge crowds around there all the time. Yeah. Very multiracial place. People say, oh, he's attacked a child. So people were going for him. And these three women stoutly, uh, including, I think, an American tourist, because she said to me, oh, he's dead, he's dead. But, you know, he, 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 he clearly wasn't dead. They just couldn't see him because they were facing out. And... And then to see all that being taken advantage of, you know, by the sort of the, the burgeoning Irish hate movement, which is all it is. I mean, hatred is uh, Matthew Collins, you know, the recovered neo-Nazi who came into the podcast. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's great. He wrote a book called Hate, you know, mm. and he had his epiphany after they'd attacked Muslim women who were having a meeting in a library in London, you know, and beat them to a pulp using snooker balls and stockings, you know, including a pregnant woman. It's horrific stuff. And he said he came to covered in blood, essentially, and realised what the, something deep inside was dying. And he says, you know, that the solution to every problem that the far right has, you know, whether it's the far right here, the fellows who are going around harassing the librarians, you know, all the rest of it, is to hit someone in the face with a hammer. So you go potholes in the footpath, smash someone in the face with a hammer. You know, not enough nurses, smash an immigrant in the face with a hammer, smash a black person. I mean, his father... He talks about this in his book. He was a very proud Irish racist who ran off with the babysitter who was black. You know, and it yeah. illustrates the sort of the fantasy of this, you know, and and how we can no longer pursue a light touch policy in relation to it. I mean, 
Conor McGregor, you know, saying, Ireland, we are at war. And uh, Paul Goulding, who's a neo-Nazi and the Britain First leader, saying, you know, Conor McGregor should call a freedom march in Dublin. Hundreds of thousands will turn up. The people of Ireland will be solidly behind him. Ireland is full. Ireland belongs to the Irish. This is a neo-Nazi who's a staunch supporter of loyalist paramilitaries, has multiple convictions for terrorism, for harassment of Muslims, you know, had to pay £75,000 to his ex-partner for beating her badly. And this is the new idol of Irish patriots. And, I mean, you look at the similarities, we have a great opportunity to learn because we're just at the start. We've got a small number of politicians who are pushing this. You know, we've got people like Conor McGregor, um, but we've seen what has happened in America. How Conor people, McGregor described the scenes as despicable. I think, yeah, well, here's what Conor McGregor did. Um, who's, and his contribution is typical of the wealthier haters. First stir it up, Ireland, we are at war. I mean, at war with whom? I mean, at war, at war with whom? Brazilian delivery drivers, you know, Filipino nurses, American tourists. Who, who are we at war with? And then when it kicks off, and I didn't see Connor on O'Connell Street when it kicked off, you know, those were despicable scenes last night. And he uses two pictures. He must have done some research to find them. Two pictures of non-whites looting in his tweet. And you've got the Britain First leader cheering this on because the aim overall is to destabilise democracy and distract poor people from the real issues and causes of inequality. So instead of organising for social activism, they riot, attack and loot. Now what happens? Their kids go to prison. Their future's destroyed. Yeah. Family's future's destroyed. It's entirely self-defeating. And then you've got people like Suella Braverman, like Paul Golding, you know, like Donald Trump in America, calling them true patriots. They're not, they're not going to prison. The, well, you mentioned that we're kind of in the early stages of it. That was one of the things that Thursday proved to a lot of people or certainly displayed to a lot of people was that there maybe had been this conception, misconception that we were going to be immune to this because of our history of emigration, that somehow we were kind of unique among the nations of the world yeah. because we'd exported so many people that we wouldn't, we were not fertile ground for a hate movement. And I think Thursday, what was... One of the most dispiriting aspects of it all was that that kind of fantasy was punctured to a degree. I mean, well, we have the same rot and racism, but maybe not to the same degree. I think we've had light touch. We've watched librarians being harassed, women being assaulted all around the country, immigrants being attacked, tents being burned, all those things, and the chief constable. And it's a tactical decision, a strategic decision, a will of light touch. But Matthew Collins, who, who is, as you know, hope not hate, has his life's work now is to infiltrate these hate movements and to expose them in court. They've been tracking the Irish hate movement for a while and he keeps making the point that you cannot have light touch with hatred because in the end, hate is transferable. I mean, whether it's, I mean, no one, I was thinking about this before I came in, no one hates Ireland. And I mean, no one hates Ireland more than the Irish far right. They hate bus drivers, librarians, Lewis drivers, teachers, they hate teachers, women, gays, trans, they loathe trans people, politicians, can't stand politicians, hate working people, Muslims, Jews, the Jewish replacement theory, we see them standing on O'Connell Street and making these outrageous speeches, outrageous anti-Semitic speeches, the GAA, nurses, doctors, the homeless, sports people, you, 
They hate you, they hate me. Yeah. You know, and they'll happily smash up their own city and loot shops because hate is transferable. It's got nothing to do with politics. It's psychological occurring in the mind of the hater. Uh, yeah, so then you stop it by... Education. Stop by, yes, I was going to say by stopping its transfer or by making the transfer futile, that there's not well, fertile ground for it. Yeah, well, let me make is just one, one point first, because we're at, we're at a very early stage. We yeah. don't have a Nigel Farage. We don't have a, a Tory front bench. We don't have a very powerful Republican Party backed by, by, by huge billionaire mega donors. So mm. we don't have any of that yet. But you look at what's been happening in the UK. Suella Braverman said a few weeks ago, multiculturalism has failed. Now, her ma is a Hindu Tamil from Mauritius. Her dad is Kenyan. Um, she studied in France. Her husband is Jewish. The Prime Minister is a Hindu of Indian origin. Both his parents were born in Tanganyika in Africa. I mean, Priti Patel, who's the Home Secretary. Her grandparents uh, were born in Gujarat, India. Her parents fled Uganda under persecution and under her regime would not have been admitted to the UK. Saji Javid. Punjabi immigrant parents in Pakistan. Quasi courting. His parents emigrated so from Ghana. With, with all of those ingredients, there's no reason to believe they should go down this road. But if they can do it, of course we can too. It's all about the money. It's all about getting the positions, the elite positions in, in politics and destabilising democracy. And then, you know, and that is why Finland in 2014 introduced a nationwide curriculum. Yeah, tell us about this. So what they did was they said, look, we're concerned particularly at that stage because they're in the Russian border about all the Russian bots spreading misinformation, mm. disinformation, you know, deep fake videos, all of that sort of thing. So they did what you do, what they do in Finland. They set up a comprehensive curriculum. So from five years of age, kids learn that's a bot, that's an anonymous uh, troll. They learn the patterns. They break into workshops and discuss them. They watch deep fake videos. They learn to tune their ear to propaganda, they learn about hate movements. Because xenophobia and hate, hatred of the black, the Jew, the Muslim, the Irish, it's all been there. They're recurring patterns. So a young Joseph Goebbels, he took he took a leaf from the British Empire's book, the British Empire, how they dehumanised the Indian people. Disgusting monkeys, dwarfs, you know, uh, you know, dogs with weasel faces, all of the things that their chief propagandist, Richard Kipling, used to write. And so, and once you dehumanise people, well, then it's not that big a deal anymore. I mean, one of the WhatsApp messages that's been intercepted by the guards was one of the organisers of the riot in Dublin saying, you know, kill a jippo, kill a foreigner. It's time to take our country back. You know, kill them if you see them, he says. This is the end. This is war. And... I wouldn't like to overestimate the problem, but part of the problem was that the guards have adopted a light touch. And as soon as we see the guards moving on these people, they'll very quickly break it up because there's no organisation yet. They don't have a political talisman. You know, they don't have someone to rally around. Yeah. I mean, and what you are into is, you know, what we don't want is the state to become a state of, of hatred and disinformation, like has happened in the UK. So, for example, a pretty potato, or Suella Braverman says, the marches to the Cenotaph are peace marches. The Gaza march, the, the peace in is a hate march. Yeah. 500,000 people go on that, no arrests. 2,000 far-right football hooligans, Tommy Robinson, saying exactly, here's what Tommy Robinson said. 
He's the main neo-Nazi in England. Patriots, we must gather tomorrow to protect the cenotaph. Just like Conor McGregor's, you know, Ireland, we are at war. It encouraged the far right out onto the streets. 2,000 of them attacked the cenotaph, violently attacked police officers. They broke through the police lines just a few minutes before the sacred minute of silence at the cenotaph. Because their answer to everything is smash a policeman in the face, smash an immigrant in the face, smash a Brazilian delivery driver in the face. And and uh, hatred there is mainstream. And the curriculum that Finland have, which continues throughout, it, it's pervasive throughout their classes. Yeah. So, and also what they've discovered in Finland, one is that children are extremely curious. They learn enthusiastically in a group about all of this. They become, they're very interested in it. Of course, social media is a very important media for kids. And what they concluded was, amazingly, that kids don't hate immigrants. They don't hate black people. Yeah. They don't hate Jewish people. But what we can't do any longer in our society is take these things for granted that we've always taken for granted. Joe Brawley, barrister and co-host of the Free State podcast. Joe, always a pleasure. Listen, thank you very, very much. Matt Collins, who Joe mentioned, has been on the podcast before and is due again. His book, Hate, is, it is a brilliant read. If you can get your hands on it, uh, short of that, uh, tune into the podcast and you'll hear what he has to say. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.